Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. In the last couple of years, I've covered many cases regarding domestic violence, but I think just about all of the stories that I've retold have involved a male partner abusing his female partner. Tonight, we're talking about a case involving a female OnlyFans model named Courtney Clenny and her male partner, the partner that she is alleged to have abused up until the point that she killed him. Now, she says that it was self-defense, but the prosecution disagrees, and they say they have the evidence and science to back it up. This case is still ongoing. It's sitting in the courthouse right now, with new details emerging every day. So, we'll talk about our victim, our alleged killer, what happened, the evidence, and where the case is at now. So, let's jump in. 
On April 3, 2022, police from the Miami Police Department responded to a call regarding reports of a stabbing. When they arrived on the scene of an apartment at the one Pariso residences in Miami, Florida, they discovered a young woman cradling the body of the victim who appeared to have a large stab wound to the chest. The young woman would be identified as 26-year-old Courtney Clenny, who went by Courtney Taylor online. She was holding her 27-year-old boyfriend, Christian Obamselli, who went by the name Toby. Courtney was wearing only a black bra and sweatpants, and she was covered in blood. She was taken into custody for questioning while the police worked on Toby, waiting for the paramedics to arrive. Toby would be transported to the Jackson Memorial Hospital, where unfortunately he was pronounced dead as a result of his stab wound. It was a bloody scene. The beautiful three-bedroom, three-bathroom unit had Toby's blood throughout. There were drops of blood that appeared to start in the kitchen, leading to the master bedroom, and then into the living room. Near the couch in the living room, police retrieved a bloody knife and a bloody bedsheet. More blood was found in a trail leading from the living room to the guest room, where there was a large pool of blood on the floor and on the wall. It appeared as if Toby had collapsed in the guest room before trying to escape through the front door. Whatever had happened in this luxury apartment was violent. At the station, Courtney was an absolute mess when she learned that her longtime boyfriend Toby had succumbed to his injuries. She recalled the events from that day, and she told investigators that it had begun as a peaceful one. Toby and Courtney played with their dogs in the morning, and then just after 1 p.m., Toby headed out to run some errands. During his outing, he went to Subway to pick up a couple of sandwiches for them to eat, and then he returned to the apartment with the food at around 4.30 p.m. During those three-ish hours while Toby was out, Courtney worked. As I mentioned, Courtney was a very successful OnlyFans model and an influencer. She was making a ton of money from social media before it was common and popular like it is nowadays, and she started her online career as a fitness model. As of today, her Instagram account, it's still up, and she has 2 million followers, which is a massive following. I have no idea how many people she had subscribed to her OnlyFans account, but it appears that she did make a substantial amount of money. She is this beautiful blonde with perfect hair, perfect makeup, a perfect body, and all of her photos are perfectly curated to match her brand. Of course, we never really know what's going on behind all of these perfect pictures and the videos that we post online, and this was definitely the case with Courtney. She had a tumultuous relationship with Toby that often turned violent. The couple began a relationship in November of 2020. Toby was born in Dallas, Texas, where he earned a football scholarship and attended Texas Tech University to study engineering. Texas is also where he first met Courtney. Friends described Toby as having a radiant personality and a free spirit with larger-than-life dreams. His obituary read, quote, His fun-loving attitude allowed him to be comfortable in almost any atmosphere. Toby was known for his caring and giving nature, which made people want to be around him as often as possible. 
Toby's friends and family said that he was really excited when he first met Courtney, but after some time had passed, it was clear that they would argue a lot and they had a lot of conflicts. And eventually he stopped coming around and visiting with his friends and family like he used to. Sadly, there were also multiple reports of domestic violence from both sides during their almost two-year relationship. As an example, in July of 2021, Courtney was arrested in Las Vegas for domestic battery against Toby. Neighbors of the couple reported hearing arguing, fighting, and objects being thrown in their apartment. The police had been called on numerous occasions, and things were getting so bad that the property management company for their condo was moving forward with legal action to try to get them evicted. Courtney and Toby would fight, break up, separate, make up, get back together, rinse, and repeat. It was a toxic cycle. But on that day, April 3rd, Courtney said was a good day for the couple. In fact, they had just rekindled their relationship a couple of days prior after they had had a big blow up. While Toby was out, Courtney took the opportunity to go live on Instagram and record a couple of videos. The last video she posted before the incident is of her. She's wearing this low-cut black tank top or bra and a silver cross necklace, looking beautiful as always. It's 20 minutes long and she's basically just chatting with people who have hopped on the live. Nothing really looks or seems out of the ordinary and nothing could have led people to believe that she would stab her boyfriend just a short while later. Here's a clip. Okay, I, guys, ask me a question. And then if you want to um, go on live, I lost all my nails. I started getting gel X. I was going to say, um, ask me a question for OF later. So do that. But, um, or like on my last post, because I'm not going to see it like on here. So just like, if you have a question for me, go post on my last post. Because I'm going to do an OF live later. Shortly after she posted the video, Toby came home with the sandwiches and a violent fight between the couple ensued. Now, Courtney would give conflicting accounts of what happened. In one account, she said that when Toby arrived home, he became violent towards her. She said he threw her against the wall and then threw her to the ground. She attempted to get away from him by grabbing a knife and throwing it at him from more than 10 feet away. She claimed she did this just to keep him away from her and that she didn't mean for him to get seriously hurt or die. But in another account, she basically backtracked on her whole statement. She said that her and Toby were still broken up, that they had not reconciled, and he was not living with her at their condo at the time of his death. She went a step further to say that Toby had been stalking her, harassing her, and that she was fearful of him. When the investigators asked her if she believed her actions were justified, she said, quote, I don't know. I really don't know if this was justified at all. And this is according to the affidavit. For what it's worth, it does appear that the couple were living together in their condo at least most of the time. And we know this because of the very many domestic violence reports that were filed and the number of times the police had to come out to take their statements. As for Courtney's self-defense claim, well, that wouldn't hold up for long. Firstly, Courtney did not appear to have any injuries on her body that would corroborate her account of the incident. Secondly, an autopsy was performed. 
The chief medical examiner, Kenneth Hutchins, noted a knife wound to Toby's upper right chest that was at a downward angle with a depth of 8 centimeters. The knife had punctured an artery and Toby had quickly bled out. On the death certificate, Toby's cause of death was listed as a stab wound to the chest and the manner of death was a homicide. Dr. Hutchins would say that he did not believe that a knife thrown from 10 feet away could thrust itself so deeply embedded into the victim's chest. With the medical report not matching up with Courtney's story, the timeline of events would become vital to determine what the hell happened to Toby that day. So let's talk about the timeline, which was put together by investigators using video footage from the apartment, witness interviews, and the recorded 911 call. We know that whether Toby was living at the condo or not, he did in fact leave the condo at 1.15pm with both of their dogs. He was seen on the video surveillance footage doing so. At 4.33pm, he returns to the condo with the dogs and sandwiches from Subway. This is backed up by the fob that he used to enter the apartment building and video footage from the elevator. We know that Courtney uploaded her second Instagram video that day, just before Toby arrived home, and we know that Courtney called Toby twice while he was out, once at 4.01 p.m. and once at 4.33 p.m., just as he was walking in the door. We have no idea what they talked about or what they may have been arguing about. Just 10 minutes later, at 4.43 p.m., Courtney calls her mother for the first time, and the call lasts six minutes. At 4.49 p.m., Courtney calls her mother again, and this time, the call lasts seven minutes. At 4.57 p.m., Courtney calls 911 to report that Toby has been stabbed. On the 911 call recording, it's reported that you can hear Toby in the background crying out that he is dying and he cannot feel his arm. You can also hear Courtney say, I'm so sorry, baby. So what happened during that short period of time when Toby walked through the door up until the time he was stabbed? Well, Courtney's mother would say that while they were on the phone together, she could hear Courtney yelling at Toby to leave the apartment and she was yelling at him that he was lying. Courtney's mother would not elaborate on what her daughter and Toby were arguing about or anything else that she may have heard and initially she said that she had not discussed it with Courtney. However, this would turn out to be a lie as the police discovered text messages between mother and daughter about an hour later after the police left, with Courtney's mom telling her not to say anything to investigators without an attorney and some mention of self-defense. It still is not clear what the argument was about that took place during those 20-ish minutes or so when Toby comes home and when he is stabbed. However, it's likely that the stabbing happened while she was on the phone with her mother. And we do know that there were several neighbors of the couple who heard the arguing and heard the throwing of objects and called the building security to complain. Building security also called 911 shortly before Courtney called herself. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. 
I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. On August 9th, 2022, four months after Toby was stabbed to death, Courtney was arrested for murder in Hawaii, and get this, she was in Hawaii getting help at a center, recovering from substance abuse and post-traumatic stress disorder. Why it took them four months long to build a case against her, I'm not so sure, but as you can imagine, Toby's family wasn't happy with how slow the process was. They believe it's because Courtney is a conventionally attractive white female, and so she was given preferential treatment. 
I don't know all of the details of this case and the inner workings, but I wouldn't doubt if that were true. If the roles were reversed and Courtney was the one stabbed with Toby being the perpetrator, I tend to think that he would have been arrested immediately. But let me know what you think. He was a friend to everyone. Very caring, funny, very bright. He had big dreams. They flew in from Texas, unfortunately learned of his death when a medical examiner contacted them uh, requesting permission to donate the organs. That's how they learned of his sudden death. All they're looking for is justice. We know the suspect uh, that was involved in this incident has not been arrested. Uh, I'm confident having had a meeting with the state attorney's office uh, that uh, they were very attentive. They answered all the necessary questions. It wasn't long after Courtney's arrest that a very damning video came to light. It captured an altercation between Courtney and Toby while in an elevator just weeks before his death. Courtney is absolutely just going right after him, hitting him, kicking him, assaulting him while he's trying to push her away. They're arguing while Courtney grabs at his hair and his shirt. It's only a short glimpse into what went on between the couple on a pretty consistent basis, but in this video, it's quite clear that Courtney is the aggressor in this situation. It is, however, important to note that in many of the police reports that were filed as a result of their domestic violence, both individuals have been named the aggressor in different situations. Courtney's attorney, Frank Prito, would push back, releasing a statement that said, quote, It is a shame that the state attorney's office is seeking to win this case in the court of public opinion by showing an irrelevant and likely inadmissible video of Courtney in an elevator getting physical with Obamselli. The video does not depict the events leading up to what was captured in the elevator. Obamselli was the abuser, the worst kind of abuser. He would manipulate and abuse Courtney in private when he thought nobody was around. Do not forget that the initial investigation from the City of Miami Police Department uncovered an independent witness who saw Obamselli hitting Courtney in the head while he thought he was in the privacy of Courtney's apartment. Nobody has ever denied that Courtney and her abuser had a tumultuous relationship. It is inappropriate for prosecutors to try and taint the community against Courtney to the point that she may not be able to receive a fair trial. The charging decision in this matter should have been made on the evidence of what occurred that evening in the apartment and nothing more. This is a case of self-defense, and the facts that will be presented at trial will prove this. Also, the arrest warrant issued in this matter contains deceptive and incomplete statements, clearly an effort to justify a finding of probable cause when presented to the magistrate. Further, the medical examiner has formulated conclusory opinions that will not stand up to scientific scrutiny. Unfortunately, it appears that the prosecutors have taken the easy way out by charging Courtney, effectively placing the decision to clear Courtney of these charges in the hands of the judge and jury. We are confident she will be exonerated and Courtney will be seen for what she is, a victim of domestic abuse that survived her abuser. There have also been friends and neighbors who have stepped forward to talk about the constant conflict that they personally witnessed between Toby and Courtney. 
One former neighbor named Aiden Nesfesky lived in an apartment located below the couple's when they resided in Austin, Texas. He said, quote, Behind closed doors, we just started hearing some shouting, yelling. We don't know who was starting what. We didn't get a lot of context. Occasionally, we would hear some glasses break and some banging on the walls, floors. Not sure who was doing it. He also talked about one incident where there was a tiger painting thrown from the couple's apartment that had landed on his balcony below theirs. So those are basically the two sides of the case, with the prosecution believing this to be another domestic violence incident between the couple that ended with Courtney murdering Toby, and the defense team saying that Toby wasn't even living at the apartment, and that Courtney simply defended herself against his physical assault. In my personal opinion, it does appear that while the couple has broken up many, 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 many times, and Toby did move out of the apartment a short while before the murder, on the day of the murder, I believe that they had reconciled and they were once again living together. It's really the only thing that makes sense. The couple filmed Instagram videos together in the apartment that day. They played with the dogs in the morning, and Toby only left the apartment to go grab them some sandwiches from Subway. To me, this doesn't appear to be a situation where Toby was stalking her and harassing her, at least on that day in particular. We still have no idea what the couple was fighting about. Maybe he took too long to get the sandwiches. Maybe they had been fighting about something all day and that's why there was a big blow up within a matter of just what, 40 minutes or so. I have no idea. And it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, the evidence supports the theory that Toby was stabbed with a force in a downward motion, meaning Courtney did not throw the knife at him from a distance. But of course, that still doesn't mean that it wasn't self-defense. He could have attacked her and maybe she grabbed a knife to keep him away. Maybe he lunged at her and she stabbed. We don't know. And yet, Courtney did some things shortly after Toby's death that would kind of maybe raise some eyebrows and make you wonder if she was really grieving, recovering, suffering from the distress over the incident. The day after Toby died, Courtney uploaded a video to her OnlyFans account. And maybe I should have explained what OnlyFans is, I just kind of assumed that everyone probably knows. It's a subscription service where people can pay to access exclusive content from a specific creator. Courtney created pornographic content for her OnlyFans account. So the day after Toby died, there was a pornographic video uploaded to Courtney's OnlyFans page. It's unclear whether the video was new or previously filmed and scheduled to go live on that day, but it would be pretty suspicious if she went right back into working her OnlyFans page after Toby's death. She was also spotted at a bar at a hotel she was staying at in Miami with her father about a week after Toby's death. In my opinion, there's nothing really wrong with that. She hadn't been arrested at that point for murder, and really, she's innocent until proven guilty. But many people believed that it was insensitive of her to be at a bar when she had just killed her boyfriend, allegedly. And I absolutely get why they would feel that way. Well, she was almost immediately recognized by another patron at the bar who confronted her about what had happened to Toby. Courtney fled the bar with her dad, and on her way out, she said, he tried to kill me. Courtney has pled not guilty to the murder charges, and she's now awaiting trial. 
It's going to be up to the prosecution to prove that this was not a self-defense case, and instead, Courtney murdered Toby in cold blood. We're going to have to see how this plays out and what kind of evidence is brought forward, but I'd love to hear what you think. Do you think if the roles were reversed and Toby stood accused of stabbing Courtney to death, would there have been an arrest made earlier? Would he have been released from police custody that very same day after the death? Let me know what you think. One thing is for sure, this was completely preventable, and that's the really sad part. There were so many people who had witnessed this couple verbally and physically abusing each other. The police had been called on numerous occasions. But the difficult part is you can't really tell two grown adults who are no good for each other to stay away from each other until it's too late. Unfortunately, Toby was a victim of their never-ending cycle of domestic abuse and he paid with his life. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, I love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. I'm Dean, I'm the dad. I'm Laura, I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn, I'm the daughter. And together we are... Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits. We are PG-13. I'm almost 15 now. Don't ruin the commercial. Catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy tales, Sherlock Holmes, and the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!